1: Welcome to Words of the Prophets, a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Todd, and today I have with me my daughter, Aaliyah. How are you, Aaliyah?
0: I'm doing excellent. How are you?
1: I am doing very well because just a few hours ago, I was with you in Utah, and now I'm home in California. Mm
0: -hmm. Indeed. It was fun.
1: It's pretty awesome that we can just jump on a plane and Those poor pioneers who walked across the plains and it took me like two hours to get home. So, (laughs) and uh, one of the major benefits of our new, new location is so easy to, to go see you. So that was fun. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, we also have today Rivka and Burke. Oh, but before we get to them, Aaliyah, did you have something else?
0: Oh, uh, well, I accidentally raised my hand on the, on the, this is a new, (laughs) we're using a new software.
1: Oh, and okay. I
0: was trying to, trying to click the mute button, and I actually clicked the raise right hand button instead.
1: Okay, I thought you were going to share something amazing about the weekend, or like, what a great dad I am, that I came to see you, something like that. No, nothing? You,
0: you are a great father.
1: Okay, thank you. Thank you. Awesome. That's what I have Appreciate to say. That. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Now we have Rubkin Burke. Burke, how are you today?
2: I'm doing great. Uh, getting to record on Sunday this week, which is fantastic. So I'm excited.
1: Yeah. And, um, something I forgot to add when I talked about, talked to Aaliyah, but Burke, you might've heard this today. We had some new intro and outro music, um, which uploaded today and Aaliyah composed the music. So that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So hopefully everybody out there, um, takes a listen to that. I know actually with my podcast app, I skipped the like first 30 seconds of almost every podcast. So I might not even hear my own, uh. Yeah. little mixing there, so hopefully it sounded okay.
2: I do the very same, so <laughs> yeah, I understand if you do as well.
1: <laughs> Rivka, how are you today?
3: I'm doing really great. It's been just a beautiful Sabbath day.
1: Awesome. Well, let's uh, continue that um, beautiful Sabbath day spirit and talk about Sir, We Would Like to See Jesus by Elder Robert M. Danes of the Seventy, and he has a little bit of a unique story at the beginning where he describes a condition that I think is important to understanding the rest of the talk. So Burke, would you tell us about that and what, and how he sets the stage?
2: Yeah. So he shares a story about a man in the military in 1945 who was shot and because of where he was shot in his brain, even though he recovered and could walk and talk, um, the bullet had damaged a specific part of his brain that was responsible for recognizing faces So after that, uh, even though he he doesn't say this here, but probably this guy had memories of all these people in his life from before, and he still remembered them, but he could no longer recognize them by looking at them. He says it's called face blindness, and he says people who are severely face blind try to identify others by memorizing rules, a rule for recognizing a daughter by the pattern of her freckles or a friend by her shuffling gait.
1: Very unique and interesting. Yeah. And how does he tie that into – our gospel the, and, and spirituality.
2: Well, so right after that, he shares a story about how as a boy, he viewed his mom as a rule maker and didn't necessarily understand the reason for the rules or the love she had for him and the desire to see him grow up well, or even the things she was giving up in her life to make sure he was raised well. He just saw her as a rulemaker, And so he talks about the two stories and face blindness as being a condition we all have probably to some degree where we don't see people as they really are but specifically we may not see god as he really is and his correct motivations.
1: Yeah, very very interesting. So all you can see are the rules that you've memorized and can't recognize the the person, the father behind those rules. So okay, now let's go to our fundamental doctrines. And now we have that stage set. We can understand what spiritual face blindness is and that'll help us really get things going. So Aaliyah, we're going to go back to you and tell me what was your fundamental doctrine?
0: Um, well, there's one line where he, he talks about a lot of other stuff in this talk, like the face blindness and all that. But he says, so like, how do we fix that? And his answer is, um, he quotes president Nelson and it's, Always Jesus. The answer is always Jesus. And then he says, "And that is very good news." And to me, that was like there's was very Gandalf energy of him being like, you know, "If this task fell to you, then like it must mean you can handle it, and that's good news." <laughs> <laughs> so like the answer is Jesus. That that is my fundamental doctrine. The there's a lot of questions and like problems posed in this talk, and the answer to all of them is Him.
1: Awesome. So. Too many problems, specifically he's talking about, you know, just seeing rules or, mm-hmm. you know, not, not recognizing the love behind those. Sometimes that phrase can sound at least to me. And it's just because I'm a jaded, cynical old man. That sounds a little trite, you know, like, okay, I get it. The answer is Jesus. So just in the real world, how has Jesus been the answer for
0: you, Aaliyah? Mm. Well, if I am more or less on the right path, then everything I want to accomplish can only be done through him. So he's like my way to what I want and what God wants for me. So in a, in a real sense, like even just me being a good student, like I, I go to school every day, but I am enabled to be a better student because of Jesus Christ and my relationship with him. So like if you if you take all of the stuff that you want in your life and want to achieve um or the things you want to feel or whatever and know that those can be given to you or or enabled by him then it it just makes life clearer I think.
1: Okay, awesome. I like clarity. That's a pretty cool principle. Sometimes we talk about and you did talk about sort of strength or the grace, you implied those things, but mm-hmm. clarity, that's something we get from the Savior too. I like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. Okay. Well, let's move back to Burke now. So Burke, what was your fundamental doctrine?
2: All right. He says, we want to see Jesus for who he is and to feel his love. This should be the reason for most of what we do in the church and certainly of every sacrament meeting. I like this phrase uh, for a couple of reasons. Number, Number one, because he brings it up as uh, something that follows what is one of his favorite scriptures. And I I swear I have read the scriptures before, but I had no recollection of this from the book of John. And it says, sir, we would like to see Jesus. And I, when he said that, I thought, well, so would I, I would like to see Jesus. Um, And as much as he doesn't give me a way to do that soon and definitively, he does say that. This is something we all share. Really, we want to know Christ. We want to know who He is. We want to come closer to Him, and it should be the reason for most of what we do.
1: Okay, I love it. Um, he talks about it being something we should do, um, or the reason for for most of what we do. <clears throat> and he says, if you're ever wondering what kind of lesson to teach, what kind of meeting to plan, and whether to just give up on the deacons and play dodgeball, you might take this verse as your guide. Will this help people see and love Jesus Christ? If not, maybe try something else. I have kind of the same question for you, Burke. That can sound a little trite to my ears just because like you, you have to engage the deacons every week. And if you just sit around and talk about seeing Jesus, you know, that'll wear off after like two or three weeks probably. So how do you make this a practical reality In your day-to-day church life, like you want to, you want these things to lead people to Jesus, but you also want to engage them. This is an
2: equally somewhat trite, but boring answer is by daily addressing gospel fundamentals so that I become the kind of person who is thinking about Christ in more of what I do. And therefore cognizant of things, I need to be an example of him.
1: You know, I love me some good fundamentals. Yeah. I like that. Um, and so, in a sense, it's just sort of keeping him always at the center of um, the day-to-day little things you're doing and you're calling or as a, as an individual, and um, he'll sort of um, rise to the top of of your life. Is that? I sure a good hope way so. To,
2: if that's not the way to get there, then I don't know how to get there. So
1: yeah. Well, I think you know we hear about the fundamentals all the time, so. Okay, well, let's go on to Rivka. Rivka, I, we haven't forgotten about you. You're here, we know it. <laughs> um, so, tell us, what was your fundamental doctrine?
3: Oh, I've had a really hard time this week trying to figure out how to, <laughs> like, how to address the the things that this talk has spoken to me. But I so I think my fundamental doctrine comes from a couple of statements that he makes. The first he says, even the early witnesses to the resurrection often came face to face with the resurrected Lord, but did not recognize him from the garden tomb to the shores of Galilee. His first followers saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. They had to learn to recognize him. And so do we, that's the first one. And then the second one, a little while later in the talk, he says, Prophets invite us to seek his face. I take this as a reminder that we worship our father, not a formula, and that we're not finished until we see Jesus as the face of our father's love and follow him, not just his rules. Um, and honestly, that uh, the footnote, footnote 24 right after that, Is incredible. I might just also read it too. He said, this is, this is an important theme. It is not just the work of salvation and exaltation, but his work of salvation and exaltation. I don't just go to a temple, but to the house of the Lord. It is not the Mormon church, but the church of Jesus Christ. Our leaders point us to Him and even remind us that there is no amorphous entity called the atonement upon which we may call for succor, healing, forgiveness, or power. Jesus Christ is the source. Um, and I think all of, all of that is to say, for me, the fundamental doctrine here is that in order for Jesus to be the answer, to everything, we have to know who he is. And we have to be able to recognize him. He talks about shapes. Have I stolen any of yours yet, Todd?
1: <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> you keep going. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you have used about half the talk for I your know. fundamental doctrine. I do so.
3: <laughs> I know. It's terrible. But the, okay, so this is the thing. Really what the thing that I kept thinking of was he used the term shape twice in this talk. Mm-hmm. Jesus announced at the outset he'd come to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. This wasn't just a to-do list or good PR. It is the shape of his love. And then later he says, covenants are the shape of God's embrace. Um, and he says our challenge is to understand and shape our lives to that love. I don't know. So I think my, my underlying thing is we have to know who Jesus is, what he did, um, you know, his characteristics and that he is a perfect, exact representation of our heavenly Father. And then we have to do to work to become like him, shaped like him, and comfortable with that shape. That's my fundamental doctrine.
1: Okay, There is a lot there to uh, to go over. Let me go back to the part about the witnesses of the resurrection not recognizing the Lord. So has there been a time in your life, Rivka, where the Lord was in your life and you didn't recognize it?
3: I am certain that there are (laughs) (laughs) multiple experiences I've had or things that have happened that would have his fingerprints over them that I have just assumed were the daily things in life or blessings that I take for granted and don't even recognize as blessings. Um, And I've certainly had a number of experiences where, as I have been struggling and prayed for help and peace or prayed for miracles what the spirit has given me is eyes to see the ways in which that is already happening in my life. So in that sense I would say yeah, uh, yeah, if I've had, you know, if I've had to be corrected by the spirit <clears throat> that oh, in fact this is already going on this thing that you're praying that will happen, then yeah, there were times when I didn't recognize that it was was the savior working in my life until the spirit helped me to understand that and see it.
1: Okay. I've become sort of fascinated with this um, after my incident where I just blatantly disregarded a prompting and then blew out a tire on the freeway <laughs>
0: um,
1: about how often we have the spirit with us and are not aware of it. And there's a scripture in Doctrine and Covenants, um, I think it's chapter six or section six, where uh, he, the Lord tells Oliver Cowdery, like, if I hadn't been leading you, you wouldn't have made it here. So, sort of implying like, well, you didn't even know I was leading you. Yeah. And I just read this week in 3rd Nephi, it said the Lamanites received the Holy Ghost and didn't didn't know that they received it. And then um, here we have this talk where he emphasizes, hey, they were standing face to face with the risen Savior and they had no idea, which seems unbelievably impossible to me, but of course happened. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, <clears throat> Here's a great talk by Elder Bednar, if you can just want to go on YouTube and type in Elder Bart Bednar quit worrying about it. He talks mm-hmm. about how often he he gives a few anecdotes and then some more general principles about how often he was led by the spirit and had no idea that that's what was happening, including a great story about giving Elder Packer $20 when he was a missionary, 20 marks, German marks. And then that kept Elder Packer's wife from being detained by the East German police. (laughs) Um, So, go listen to that. It's really good. But this talk, as I read through it, it's a little bit of a subtle difference. Um, You know, he's talking about seeing the rules instead of seeing the Lord. But how often is the Spirit with us and we're not aware of it? And the Lord is in our life and we're not aware of it. And we're being led and we're not aware of it. It's just been something I've been sort of fixated on and then trying to use that to motivate me to really be sensitive and, and hear what the spirit has to say in my life. So, um, yeah. I, anything to add to that, to go along with what you said, Rivka?
3: Um, no, I mean, I think oftentimes too, our pride gets in the way of this. And by that, I mean, I think it's not unusual for us to take credit for things that the lord has done the mm. peace that he offers and maybe it's because we had a great idea or some or a capacity that he has increased in us and we think it's just, you know, because we changed our morning routine or we did something like that. <laughs> so I think sometimes what keeps us from recognizing him is our own pride and maybe that confidence in the flesh over. And not to say we shouldn't be, you know, actively doing things, but Right. Yeah, but I think I think the times when I've recognized that that's happening, when I've taken credit is when for some reason I felt a withdrawal of the spirit and Mm. gone, Oh, huh. Maybe that was not as much me as I thought it was. And maybe that was a great deal more him than I thought.
1: Yeah. I actually went to see a movie the other day and the, the movie was fine, but during the previews, there was some stuff I didn't appreciate and I felt the spirit withdraw. And I thought, It's not, I wasn't having a spiritual experience or anything like that. I was just living my life. I went to see a movie, you know, not anything grand. I wasn't out serving someone, but I had the spirit with me because that's what the covenant says. And if I'm keeping my covenants, you have the spirit with you. You don't have to be having a spiritual experience. And so I was just shocked to have that feeling of like, oh, it just withdrew. And I didn't even know that I had it, you know? Yeah. So
3: that's a good good illustration of that. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm changing the um, Bednar index to the uh, Rivka index. Cause that was like a 10 out of 10. Cause that is my exact problem. Rivka is pride. Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> thank you for just like finding my weak spot and just pushing really hard on it. So sure. was, I'm going to go, we're just going to end the podcast now so I can go repent. I think, <laughs> so, uh, well, sorry. I've took us on a tangent there, but it, I've been thinking a lot about it, and it's sort of a parallel idea of having a spirit with you. So now let's go back to Aaliyah. Aaliyah, what other quotes from this talk did you want to discuss?
0: Um, About halfway through his talk, he talks about, you know, his experience with this kind of um, blindness towards Heavenly Father. And he says, I thought my life was about following rules and measuring up to abstract standards. I knew God loved you perfectly, but didn't feel it myself. I'm afraid I thought more about getting into heaven than being with my heavenly father. And so there's a a couple points here, one of which being um, what I would call a hope crisis, where he didn't believe that he's like, oh, yeah, God loves everyone but me. (laughs) So he didn't feel that love. Right. And that happens to a lot of us um, with a lot of different things. And then also, I felt really called out by the getting into heaven instead of being with Heavenly Father.
3: Oh, yeah. Because Mm.
0: I love checkboxes, and I love, like, tell me the rules, and I'll do it. And I think there's a little bit of pride in that, Um, in, in my mindset of following it, is like, I can know that I'm, like, doing good if I'm doing all these things. So it's a way to, like, know that I'm in the right, which... I think a lot of times for me is a a good thing, but sometimes it borders on pride. And I think the biggest indicator of that is when I stop thinking about Heavenly Father. And I'm just like, instead of, you know, thinking celestial because God is a celestial being and I want to live with him in the celestial kingdom, I'm like, oh, I need to be um, good just so that I can feel good about myself or whatever. And then I do the good things, not because I love Heavenly Father because I want to be with him, but just because... I don't know, it's, it's like an easy um, knowledge for me to like, feed my confidence or whatever. So I'm not, I'm not always like that. But there is some of that in there. And so that was a good, (laughs) that was a good part of the talk to kind of be like, wake me up a little.
1: Right. So how do you overcome that tendency when you see it come out?
0: Um, I think the answer is, what was who was it? The talk that was about um, like witnessing of the mm. savior in your in the fundamentals, basically. Yeah, um, sister,
1: that. I can't remember uh, Corden. Sister Corden, sister right?
0: Corden. Yeah, the testify of Christ. So, like, I'm checking that box and I'm doing those good things. But if I'm not finding the savior in them, then it's it's not helping as much as it could be. And so, if I am looking for the savior or looking for Heavenly Father and feeling His love and their love, then it I don't know. It's just easier to do it out of love for them and being yeah. like, I want to be with them, you know?
1: Awesome. Love that. Yeah. I love that part of this talk. Thanks for sharing that. Aliyah. Um, So let's move on to Burke. Burke, any other quotes you wanted to discuss?
2: All right. Well, I brought this quote up before, so I definitely have to read it. He says here, when prophets and apostles talk of covenants, they aren't like coaches yelling out from red velvet bleachers Mm -hmm. telling us to try harder. They want us to see our covenants are fundamentally about relationships and can be a cure for spiritual face blindness. So I feel Mm -hmm. like he's calling me out on my Bednar index. You know, he said you shouldn't Mm -hmm. even feel that way. You should see that they just want you to understand who God is.
1: Mm. He's saying to get rid of the Bednar in index. Kind of. <laughs>
3: maybe he's and- not Maybe he's not saying to get rid of it. Maybe he's saying to alter the way that you internalize the message coming from mm. that index, which yeah. is not Amen. that you're horrible and need a bunch of repenting, but look at all of the ways that you can grow in your capacity to be Amen. like him
1: sure
2: probably right.
3: that
1: Are you um if i can amend that just slightly ripka sure. we all need a bunch of repenting but just yeah. the the positive connotation of that instead of the negative right yeah right so amazing ah, i like that okay so we got to think of it in a more positive positive way as opportunities and um uh the the lord wanting to us to be closer to him and also,
3: yeah.
2: and also, I just love the term red velvet bleachers.
3: Yes. I
1: know. That was really <laughs> funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, did they allow him to put that in there? <laughs> 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 uh, so, great. Well, Rivka, um, I maybe – well, yeah, I think we have time for you to go through any other – one other quote that you want to – just one, Rivka. Just one just more quote. Just
3: one. I will. Mm-hmm. This is one that, like, I don't even – I'd love some – in input from you guys on this. A few years ago, I got a calling I didn't feel up to. I awoke early, nervous, but with a phrase in mind, I had not heard before that to serve in this church is to stand in the river of God's love for his children. When I first heard that, I thought maybe it's that theme where when you have a, a calling, you get to feel the love God has for the people that you're serving. But then he goes on to talk about This church is a work party of people with picks and shovels trying to help clear the channel for the river of God's love to reach his children at the end of the row. Isn't that just like an interesting way to visualize the work of the gathering and sharing the gospel?
1: It is. And I got to be honest, this analogy did not like land for me. So I was hoping someone else would really bring it home and explain it so that I could really I don't know. Not everything has to land, but it it seemed a little, just came out of nowhere. Um, so, I don't know. Any other great insights into it, Rivka?
3: No. I kind of had the same thing where I was like, okay, well, maybe that's the covenant we're making. Maybe he's like, yeah. understand God loves you and also get to work.
1: <laughs> yeah. Aliyah's is going to save us.
3: Good.
0: Um, I used the raise hand function um, well this time. Um, yeah, it was on <laughs> so purpose. Yeah. It was intentional. So on my mission, um, we had this phrase to the end of the row. And we used it to, um, as a metaphor for getting information from mission president mm. to MLC, to district leaders, to district members. That's a lot of layers. And so it takes a lot of effort for something that the mission president wants communicated on a more individual level to get through all those layers so that it can do that. Cause he could just like put in the chat some information that he wanted, but in order to have the impact he wanted it, it had to come from someone on a closer level. And so he would send information down the line, but that's, it's so hard. It's so hard to get information down the line, which it shouldn't be, but it is. So in this case, we're getting, instead of just information, we're getting God's love to people at the end of the row. So. So to me, that means people who are maybe further from it. So if I have felt God's love, I'm close to it or I'm in it. Um, and so I can make an effort to help people who aren't as close ha- and have that experience, I guess. So I'm like passing it down the road to those who are further away who have mm-hmm. had less of those experiences. And so it's like, a I don't know, like we're all we're all just kind of like helping each other <laughs> feel feel what we've experienced in the past.
1: I like that, Aaliyah. That is a helpful analogy. Bring it down to the end of the road. The person who feels the furthest away from God's love, that's who we need to clear the channel for.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like and he that. does say a little bit later, <laughs> help carry his love to his children. And some of it will splash on you. So mm-hmm. if yep. you're, if you're dealing with a, an issue of being able to feel that, here's a here's a practical like action oriented thing that you can do to to try to feel his love
0: and i also i like like that part too because i feel his love for me a lot but it's harder for me to feel love for other people in that same way and it says help carry his love to his children so like love for his children. If I'm carrying his love to his children, other people, then I'll feel his love to his children, not Mm. just his love. So I'll, I'll take part in that charity if I am showing it, I guess.
1: Yeah. I love that. Those are good insights. That does help. So thanks to both of you. I appreciate that. Um, Burke, I think we only have time for one invitation. Do you have? Did you find one in there that you want to share with us?
2: Well, Rivka has mentioned most of them already.
1: <laughs> um, you know, I had that same thought, but I wasn't going to say it because I'd already <laughs> given her enough of a hard time.
3: That's it. It's okay. She is the reason why
2: people listen to the podcast, so it's perfectly okay. Stop. Um, <laughs> oh, he, he does. I think I did find one that hasn't been mentioned yet. He says here, Paul says God is the Father of all mercies and the God of all comfort. If you see him him differently, please keep trying.
0: I love mm. that
2: one.
1: <laughs> That's interesting. I, you know, I didn't mark that as an invitation. Oh, I got to process that. Read that one more time for me. Okay. Paul
2: says God is the Father of all mercies and the God of all comfort. If you see Him differently,
1: please keep trying. Oh, what an invitation. And the promise is sort of implied, you know, that if you keep trying, then you will see Him. Yeah. As the God of all comfort and mercy.
2: Yeah. And this was interesting for me. Uh, in my personal notes, I reiterated the prompting I'd had in the week before conference uh, conference to start studying more um, in a co- more concentrated right. manner, um, Jesus Christ and any entry and all his names and the topical guide thing. And uh, yeah, this was more of that. Like you really want to know who he is. You need to know more about him.
1: So, mm. That is the perfect summary of the entire talk, Burke. So thank you for ending on that. And what a great talk. And I learned a lot more about it by discussing it with each of you. So thank you. Um, The next talk we're going to to discuss is For the Sake of Your Posterity by Elder Carlos A. Godoy of the Presidency of the Seventy. In the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, tell them how, Aaliyah.
0: You can email us at Words of the Prophets Podcast at gmail.com, or you can message us or comment on Facebook or Instagram at Words of the Prophets Podcast.
1: Alright, so thanks for joining us today and until next time, keep the faith. If we teach by the Spirit and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance sending a personal prophetic
0: epistle just to you.